Yeah, so next we are going to be reading John 4. If you can, get your inductees in for that. We're going to do some uh, serious fist into the first men. <laughs> What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. Currently reading A Clash of Kings, halfway through A Clash of Kings. I'm Nate, joining me as always, my brother, currently in the middle of a yawn, so I'm going to stretch this out a little bit longer to make sure you're ready to go, and his name is... Zach, he, what he up? paused there. You were supposed to say your own name. Oh. Yeah, that's why I paused. Yeah, no, I don't introduce myself. You, I need an introduction. I introduced, and then you give your... No, nope. you, You're a terrible person. Anyway, we like to read A Song of Ice and Fire here, and then talk about it. And we are full spoiler, so we'll ruin it for you. Yeah, if you haven't read them, leave, come back, or you expect to have anything potentially ruined for you, like Fagon, Prince Aegon, being alive. What is he, the fourth? The fifth? The fourth? Yo, I don't do Targaryen numbers. Bro. <laughs> like, I can barely handle their names. Anyway, last episode we were reading Sansa. I think it was three, but my little tab is covered. Sansa up. three, yeah. And Sansa was having probably one of the worst days of her life. One of, because she also watched her father killed in front of her, you know, so it's not That's been not easy the worst going. Of it. But yeah, so she got publicly humiliated and sexually assaulted, physically beaten, and then rescued by a dwarf. Yeah, uh, rescued to us, the readers, to Sansa, she was weary, uh, thinking it could have just been another Lannister trap to fuck with her, and she's absolutely right in thinking so. And then Tyrion kind of picked up on. That this girl's a little bit sharper than... Yeah, yeah. And so he offered her the Tower of the Hand. Well, they took her there. She was scrubbed after her ordeal with Joffrey. Yeah, so actually, speaking of this chapter, now that I think about it, we got some great feedback about that chapter and how we had wrongly suggested that she was dressing at the start of the chapter to... Do you have that? You should just pull that up. The whole thing? Um, That's a long one. I think we can we can summarize... But essentially, we had said that she used her sexuality as a weapon because she was pulling her shirt tight across her. But being the ill-informed, dumbass men that we are, we forgot that a 12-year-old girl who is growing will quickly grow out of her yeah, she's clothing. Got, she's got teenies now. And yeah, so, so like, she's not accounting she, for that. She's which, developing. We didn't account um, for it. Like, I mainly wanted you to pull it up so we could credit who oh, said it. Oh, Because okay. uh, I would very much like to thank said person. And it's coming up right now. Don't rush me. I'm working on it. Hold up. We just There's so many. I, I put it right in the email. Wow, this guy. Amelia. 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 I wanted to say Amelia, but I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, there, because we got a lot of feedback. But yeah, no, about. thank you, Amelia, because, yeah, I mean, as we said even last chapter, I'm not the first person to say that I've been banging the Sansa drum since I've been reading these books. I was very against Sansa for a long time, and so I'm just now realizing sort of how great of a character she is, so obviously... I wasn't a 14-year or a 12-year-old girl at any point in my life, so I'm going to overlook that. And, yeah, I, I actually did think it was her starting to weaponize sex instead of her actually realizing her own but body. Yeah, it's more so, just, I think, Martin, as you pointed out, Martin's way of... Showing her growth and Showing that she yeah. is developing and that she's going to need alterations made to her clothing very soon. So, yeah, that's the kind of 
calling us out on our shit that I like. Um, we had also mentioned that the previous Cat 3, Sansa 3, and then this Cat 4 chapter that we'll be reading this episode are all within the same day. They right. all take place where we pick up, we start the day with Cat, we get the middle of the day with Sansa, and then we'll be ending the day with Cat here in this episode. But And so Sansa was taken to the, uh, taken away and given some dream wine and made to sleep for a couple hours, sleep it off, and she did. And she woke up in Arya's old room. And Tyrion came to visit her and said, basically, Rob fucked up Sir Stafford Lannister, very close to Casterly Rock. That's why Joffrey was so pissed off, and you had to pay for it. And he offers her to stay at the Tower of the Hand with Chella as a guard, and she's having none of it. Because how will Sir Dantos rescue her ass from right. the Red Keep if she's guarded? And so she makes up a lie brilliantly on the spot, and it just felt right that... The Tower of the Hand is where her father's men were, were slaughtered, and it would give her terrible nightmares. And again, Tyrion kind of looks at her, like, really right. seeing her for the first time, and at least wants to escort her back. So we pick up with Catelyn. Yeah, well, right where we left off. Right where we left was off. her, right after her meeting with Stannis and Renly, where they refused to find common grounds, and Stannis said, either kneel by dawn, or you will be destroyed. And for the most part, it's looking like war. Uh, Renly ain't gonna be kneeling. He thinks he's got the bigger army, the better claim, bigger, bolder, badder. Yeah, but... so, and Catelyn asked uh, Renly if she could leave. He was like, nah, you're staying here to witness what happens. Yeah. And... I, like, I walked away from the last recording with that, with, with Cat, with, like, what the fuck, Renly? Like, she's just an envoy. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. You can't refuse her to leave. And then to... For that reason. So you, you can go and tell your son what happens to Traitor. Like, it's so bold. Renly is so fucking bold in these couple of chapters. Yeah, it's, he's arrogant. It's and... ridiculous. But, yeah, she had then at least asked for le- his leave to go and visit the sept that they had passed in the village on their way into uh, Renly's camp. And right. he agreed, her, well... Gave her that, granted yeah. her that, and as long Sir as Wendell she took was going Sir Wendell to escort her there because she needs to be back before dawn, before the so, war starts, yep. and so that's where we pick up. It was full dark when they had reached the village, and the people who had lived here had long since fled and taken the name with it. Everything down to the candles in the sept has been gone. Yeah. So I really like the way Catelyn gets these mere fucking things with her daughters, where. Last chapter, it was the politics. She's yeah, caught between yeah. Renly and Stannis. And this, she's seeing the, the abandoned the Arya stuff. towns. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. the scary, cre- like, creepy. Uh, yeah. This, almost... to me, shows Cat's bravery. Like, she's just walking into a sept that's got these crazy charcoal-drawing god paintings yeah. on them in this empty, forsaken town. Like, it's... I don't know. Well, this something... one does have does have the the statues. She, she mentions that. No, there. this one doesn't. This one is the charcoal paintings. It's the the Winterfell has the mask oh, on the yeah, wall, yeah, yeah. the sept at yeah, yeah. Uh, um, home. But I think it's for funny her. how oddly uh, similar that is to right now with how things actually are with everything being closed down, oh, empty and, and well, vacant. I mean, yeah, I wasn't going pandemic with yeah. it, but yeah, I like the 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 reflection of Cat and her two daughters, the different, and so yeah, she uh, she heads right for the sept, and inside the walls of the sept are cracked and crooked. And she had been told long ago that God is one with seven aspects. 
and as the sept is a single building with seven walls. Yeah, I think that's a very commonly forgotten thing that people forget about worshiping the seven. The seven. Yeah. And because a lot of people will, you know, argue about how different it is than the the red gods or even the the faceless men and yep. shit. But it, they all worship. I mean, one it's essentially the one. the holy trinity: the Father, Son, and the Holy right, Ghost. Right. It's you know, worship of one is kind of worship of them all. You're, and that's uh. I, I lost my train of thought on that. But, yeah, it's, you know, you're, any worship of the mother, the maiden, the smith, the warrior, the crone, whatever, is, worshiping is worship that. of the one. Yeah. And that's similar to the many-faced god who, yeah, yeah. you know, it's... It doesn't matter what god you doesn't worship matter. as long as He'll you know. He'll hear you. The many-faced yeah. god will hear you and, and answer or not your, your prayers. And so the wealthier septs had statues of the seven in their likeness. Winterfell had uh, actually Septon Charlisle had put up uh, just carved masks onto each wall of representations of the seven. Here, there were only rough charcoal drawings, and Sir Wendell left the torch in a sconce for yeah, and yeah. then left to wait outside. And so, yeah, it's these primitive cave drawings, essentially, of these representations of the seven. And there's something about this scene to me that is just so fucking magical yeah, inherently yeah. already. Because well, it especially... just feels abandoned even though she's in a town, it feels like it's been years since anyone's it been here. Reminds me of Miri Mazder and how she has the empty room when she's for trying to perform the blood magic mm-hmm. and everything's cleared out and there's just some candles and fires, you know, not maybe as many here, but especially when she gets to the description of the stranger. And I wrote that quote because it says it was neither male nor female, yet both. Ever the outcast. The wanderer from far places, less and more than human, unknown and unknowable. Yeah, like that's it. I just fuck. And then she, the way she's saying with the the lights reflecting off of the surfaces. Yeah, she and, gives like, the actual description because she's looking at them all, but she's caught by the stranger here at the end, and she says here. Instead of a statue, the face was a black oval, a shadow with stars for eyes, and it makes Cat very uneasy. And yeah, there's there's a magic to it. There's this in the simplicity of the drawing, but the description of the stranger that it's yeah, it, yeah. It, it just feels like this is the most natural. Like it's nothing pretty, this sept. So it feels like if you were gonna commune with one of the seven here, it would be the stranger or the crone, I suppose. Yeah. But like one of the creepier and so she kneels before the mother and begins praying for all of the sons, all of the sons in the coming battle and reminding, you know, she would remind the mother that this, the men going into war tomorrow are somebody's sons, which I think is significant that she prays for all the sons before her own. It's not yeah. for her. It's not just save me and mine like fuck off. It's there's about to be a war that I did try to stop. And so, you know, try to spare as many spare as who can. you can. And then, of course, her own sons, Rob. Bran and Rick on, and she notes a no John. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, no, I just, of course I, it's not. always interesting to point out. And she notes a crack in the left eye that makes the mother look as though she is crying, and uh, that made me think of Cat clawing Stone her face. Heart. Yeah, 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 absolutely, just ripping her fucking oh, yeah. face apart, and the crying, the weeping, you know, just the symbolism all around of that. And she wonders if Ned's old gods ever answered him when he prayed. So what's the there a crack too. in though? The drawing of the mother? In the, yeah, the stone where the charcoal is drawn, I guess. There's a crack in the left eye. Yeah. 
So it must just be in the wall itself. Because she did say that the walls are cracked and crooked and all that. So, And yeah, she wonders if Ned's old gods had ever answered him when he was kneeling before the heart tree. Did they hear him? And that's when the torchlight begins to flicker and twist and yeah. throw weird shadows and shit all over, twisting the facings, uh, the faces until they were nothing but crude scratches on the wall. I think it's funny because the way Martin flows so seamlessly into it, it never really clicks to her that that could be some kind of a. So that's. Is this a vision? I don't think that she. I think she's just praying. But fuck me if this. I don't think. I think this prayer is heard by yeah. something. So the father's face became her own father dying in bed at River Run. The warrior was Stannis and Renly, Rob and Robert, Jamie Lannister and Jon Snow. Now, can we couple these people and kind of. Explore oh, yeah, yeah. What's so the father's here? face. Ex- Hustle, yeah, yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Pretty self, self, self-explanatory. Now, the first warrior, we get Stannis and Renly. Stannis and Renly. Topical. That obvious, makes sense. What's right on here. her mind. Next is Rob and Robert. The comparisons there between of these those conquerors, two. Mm-hmm. these these two usurpers that, that she knows, like that she's familiar with, because she's not going Targaryen, Aegon. She's not doing you know many of the black yeah, fighters. Yeah. She's keeping it relevant. Robert, with Robert, Robert. So the yeah, the two battling the rebels, battling the throne. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Lannister and Jon Snow, the Kingslayer and the Bastard. Is it just that the taint on the honor? Just yeah, that they are. I feel like that's what it is. Like that, Jamie. So she the, equates Jon Snow to Jamie Lannister's crimes. Essentially, yeah, is what yeah, Kinslayer inset like. So that's. I mean, that's one of Catelyn's biggest faults is her inability to forgive Jon for something he didn't do. Yeah, and and, and just love him as and a child. Technically, the same with Jamie. And so that's that's what's interesting here is that she compares him to Jamie Lannister. So. I think we're meant to infer that, yes, she holds Jon Snow in the same regard as Jamie Lannister. But at the same time, she is calling them both warriors in their own regard. Well, that's the way like, she yeah, is she almost know, I mean, complimenting, she's not like, downplaying Jamie Lannister's swordsmanship in any way. I think that's it. He's a, he's a battle. He's a warrior as well. And so to equate it with Jon, yeah, who yeah. she hasn't seen go to war, hasn't seen lead the Night's Watch or do any of this stuff, it's interesting that she puts him there as well. But... I also think that that's more of her disdain, disdain for Jon Snow rather so, than a compliment. Yeah, yeah, it's co- I think it's complimenting Jamie, saying, yeah, the warrior, but Jon Snow is more attributing the crimes of Jamie to Jon. Yeah, and then it finally says she could even glimpse before wind blew smoke in her eyes and fucked her all up. Briefly, Arya. Arya! In the warrior. With the warrior, yo. Dope. The fuck, fuck. like... Right after Jon... Also, I like is so. I, I like, mean, I'm not even gonna ask the but, question. You're fucking wrong if this isn't a vision. Like Arya as the warrior blew me away. Good. So now that you've done that, can we go back to the quick little thing I mentioned that I read and quoted that I feel like the vision began earlier, referring to the same person with that, where it said neither male nor female, yet both, ever the outcast. The wanderer from far places, less and more than human, unknown and unknowable. And then it goes to her seeing Arya and the warrior. Yeah, yeah. And they're all seven aspects of the the one thing. Well, yeah. And so I feel like she's seeing Arya in all of these because she also went and talked, specifically mentioned Arya and Sansa to the mother. Yeah. But now she's seeing the warrior and she's seeing Arya. Before, without realizing it, I think she was also explaining Arya. Arya is Azor High. 
Oh, well, I'm, Jesus, no, I wasn't going that far with well, it. Well, like, because there are people, there's theories yeah. that people equate different, the seven to different members right. of the Stark family. Is but, Arya the stranger? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying Arya is all seven. She's Arya's all seven Azor of them? High. <laughs> I mean, I, that, I mean. I just think it's interesting that, and I mean, I suppose we can always sit here and argue that, you know, this person can be represented by all seven in this way and that way. Yeah. But Arya is just the one that feels like she would be capable, the most capable of filling all of the, the seven roles without stretching. So playing devil's advocate, is this not Kat projecting a little Arya? Uh, fuck me. Liana onto Arya? Do you think maybe she's seeing similar as to what she heard Liana was and knew from her time around her, little as it may have been, and maybe attributing that little wildfire spirit to it? Possibly, but is it wrong? No, no I don't think and so really, at all. It, it just seems like that's going to maybe bolster it a little further because she, she knows, she knew Liana. She, yeah. And so, like, to equate her, I think that she knows that Ari is well, capable. That's what and... it, like, that's what's interesting, and that's why I bring it up because – we just got her equating Jon Snow and Jamie Lannister. And the way we broke it down, it seems to be more she's comparing Jamie's crimes to Jon Snow, or at least equating Jon Snow to that level of vileness. So is she equating Arya on the level of these conquerors? The Stanley and Ren or Stanley Stanley and Stannis Renly. Stannis Renister and Jon Snow. She's putting Arya on their level. On their of, level. Yeah. And so it's but is it in comparison to them? Or I is think she better than them? Or worse in, in Kat's eyes. Well, I think it's gonna be and not even it, like worse. is this for fear? Is it like is I this think, her mother's fear? I think it's more of the that female that's hardwired into the thinking. That cat like how she thought with Brienne. Oh, gross woman. Yeah. She's I think it's that briefly Arya, but Arya is warrior, you know, can only be there briefly because she's a girl. Yeah. She can't maintain that level. But just that she's there is interesting as fucking. Yeah, I agree. So, so here's my tinfoil, though, with your description that you gave and then the description of the drawing. My thinking was maybe it's not so much a vision as Kat is meeting someone that we know influences people with odd dreams and has a mask made of starlight similar to the drawings you eyes. You think this is her actually talking to Quaithe without realizing? Maybe. Maybe it's yeah, no, Quaithe being like, yo. My first thought was to want to latch at that when you hear starry, you know, the mask with the star eyes. Yeah. like, And it's like, oh, is that? And the description of the stranger. Yeah. Unknowing and unknowable wanderer of strange places like that literally sounds like quaith when you read it aloud and so my my thinking was then compare danny and cat they're both mothers they both have at this point lost their children and their husbands and quaith takes an immediate interest in danny that's the fire I feel like Quaith has a larger ass knowing aspect of what's happening than just. So folk. then maybe this. So is maybe this Quaith's was her approach at ice in, for in, the ice portion yeah, yeah. and trying to figure out the Starks bit. But who knows? There's because I as, you know knowing George, the easy solution is like, yeah, Melisandre's nearby. We know that there is some influence of Melisandre's god. This could be a vision of the Red Gods. This could be the old gods, even yeah, yeah. some warging. But what if it's you know subvert expectations? It's not. The red god that's, you know, 400 feet away, it's the 
Quaitha Shai yeah, over yeah, yeah. India. But, you know, tinfoil. Yeah. So anyway, she rubs her eyes as the smoke clouds, and now the mother was her mother, Minissa Tully, yeah. who died birthing Hoster's second son, the babe along with him. She was always so calm, Kat thought, remembering her mother and wondering what Lady Minissa would think of her eldest daughter kneeling here before her now. And so that one kind of confused me. Is she saying, like, kneeling here before her praying? Or kneeling, like, before her as, like, a broken mother at that. this stage? Yeah, no, yes, that. Kneeling. I've lost my children, my husband, I can't stop this war, my son it's is all, at war. Because she's kneeling before the mother, and so now picturing her mother okay, as this yeah, person. Yeah. Look at what I've done. Like, I'm here before you. What would she make of, you know, my of the situation? What would she say? And she's, I mean... They, Technically, doing what everybody who's lost somebody. Oh yeah, it's do. a guilt. What would you know? Th- what would be different? How would it have been better? And she, she says, "I have lost my daughters. Rob does not want me, and Bran and Rickon must think me a cruel and unnatural mother. I wasn't even with Ned when he died. So it's yeah, it's all her guilt that she's holding. And uh, at this point, her head begins to swim, and the shadows shift and sway. She hadn't eaten today. She thinks." Food had lost its savor in a world without Ned. Oh. When they took his head off, they killed me too, she thinks. And that fucking line just broke my heart. But the torch spit and sends out some embers, and suddenly it's Lysa she sees with Cersei's sharp eyes. Yeah, that's... Um, I, I found it strange, because I... At first I was like, oh, well, yeah, she doesn't know how to... To picture Cersei, so she's going to do it. She does. She's met Cersei. She knows what Cersei looks like. And so I think it's just the combination. Like, to me, this is where it became I think this is Martin foreshadowing as this well. This is where, the, like, to me, this is Kat kind of being told or subconsciously telling herself. Lysa, Lysa is it. fucking just yes. as conniving as Cersei. She's got, because it's always Cersei's cold green eyes yeah. and, and, you know, the queen's fucking killer gaze and so i think it's equating lysa to having that kind of calculating cold ability yeah. about her but cat's just kind of yeah, tripping out about she it. thinks about how cersei is also a mother yeah and so would she is she really so wrong would cat do anything different if it was her own children in that situation like if would she wouldn't she lie to protect them and regardless of who they were they're still her kids yeah um, yeah, she, she asks, does Cersei pray to you as well, my lady? And she could see the proud, cold, lovely features of the Lannister queen etched upon the wall. Yeah, The she... crack was still there, though. Even Cersei could weep for her children. Right. And oh, Yeah, because then she remembers Sir uh, Septon Osmond telling her that each of the seven, this is where he tells her that each of the seven embodies all of the seven. And so, you know, if you're worshipping one, you're worshipping all of them. But that also means that, you know, if you're you're worshiping the same God that Cersei is yeah. and she does pray for these same things. And so she's kind of saying exactly that. We feel for our children. We're, so the, we, we're similar. We're mothers. Yeah. But she does also think that incest is a monstrous sin. Robert, if he had known, probably would have killed Joffrey. Yeah. And uh, she thinks how the Dragon Kings had wed brother to sisters for so, years, but theirs was the blood of old Valyria. Right. It 
was accepted. Yeah, their ways so were different. So before it went into that, it did say that the mother could be fiercer than the warrior. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If the children were in when danger. When her children were in danger. And then it just had the way, uh, I don't know if you realized or saw it, but after it said if, when the children uh, realize, when, if, the, if the children are in danger, it said yes, dot, dot, dot. Just like she was, like, agreeing with that. Yeah. But it, it was so ominous in the way that it was just there and tailing off at the end of this. The mother can be much fiercer than the warrior. And it's like, jeez. <laughs> but she thinks Ned must have known, and John Aaron as well, small wonder Cersei had them killed. Would I have done any less? And that's when it really clicks that, fuck. Bran saw something. Brand new He too. knew. Yep. That's, like, why else would they have sent an assassin after him? That, duh. Yeah, and so uh, this is, uh, I'm going to just do a little bit of light reading here from this bit. Uh, lost and weary, Catelyn Stark gave herself over to the gods. She knelt before the smith who fixed things that were broken and asked that he give her sweet Bran his protection. She went to the maid and beseeched her to lend her courage to Arya and Sansa, to guard them in their innocence. To the father, she prayed for justice, the strength to seek it and the wisdom to know it, and she asked the warrior to keep Rob strong and shield him in his battles. Lastly, she turned to the crone, whose statues often showed her with a lamp in one hand. Guide me, guide me, wise lady, she prayed. Show me the path I must walk, and do not let me stumble in the dark places that lie ahead. I, one, I think you can get a lot from each person when they pray and what they pray for, what they're asking for. But I really like that last bit, the the crone bit. To guide her. To guide her in the dark places ahead, because is there some part of Stoneheart that is... She looks like a physical representation of what you'd expect. Clinging to this stuff. Like, is she still as Stoneheart? Like, nah, the Seven have fucking given me this chance. Like, fuck off if you're a Freyr Lannister. Or does she think it's the Red God? Yeah, or or another god. Or has she forsaken everything and she's just, I'm an undead motherfucker. Fuck you, yeah. And so I just really like that passage. But Robar peeks his head in and says, My lady, we must we must return. Time so to go. She rises ready, and they ride in silence back to Renly's camp, which is now completely covered in darkness. And she looks around at all the different men and horses and sees a gray army, she thinks. And they're all horsed and getting ready. And so Storm's End, she can see, is a wall of black through which no stars could shine. But torches from across the field showed where Stannis' camp began. And the candles inside make Renly's pavilion grow. Glow. Grow. Which you pointed out, Miriam Azdor, that yeah. painted that image now, in my head. As she walks up, this pavilion is a glow from inside, transforming I like how, it into a magical castle. Yeah, I like how dark Renly's camp is. Yeah. How easy it is to move around in the shadows for a shadow. Like... Fuck. I mean, shit, you don't even really need to be a shadow. You can just yeah, fly. I mean, Arya could move around there. And, yeah, two rainbow guards stood sentry outside, Sir Parman and Sir Emmon. Inside, uh, yeah, Sir Emmon Coy, but inside, Brienne was helping... Brienne was helping Renly get his armor on. Get dressed for battle. While uh, Renly Tar... Renly Tarth. Renly Tarth. Wow. Uh, Randall Tarly... 
Renly Tarth. What the fuck? Um, Randall Tarly was discussing some battle tactics and strategies with who the fuck else was Mathis with him there? Rowan. Thank you, Mathis Rowan. Um, and Cat just hey, I gotta talk to you. She even well, she grants him a year grace. She even gives him the year grace, hoping that it'll make him listen. But he just gives her a finger. In a moment, my lady. Well, it's kind of rude of her. I mean, walking in and just demanding like, hey, time to. Talk. I guess she's a, she's being held hostage here. She can fucking he can piss off. Yeah. And so before we get into their meeting and the description of Renly's sweet dark green armor, we are gonna convene our small council and let you guys know the deets on what's happening on our end. Bit it deep right back. Turning pages there, making some noise. Welcome to the small council. So, we have we have ravens' letters here, so we have to rifle through them sometimes. But that's that's apparently a raven. A pigeon. Okay, yep. we do pigeons here, not ravens. So welcome to the small council. We like to give you our socials and ways to contact us, so that way you can write in inductees, ask questions, talk to us about this series that we all love so much. Uh, the easiest way that most people tend to get a hold of us is our email, which is withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find us on all the socials, Facebook, facebook.com slash brotherhoodpodcast. We have a Patreon that will give you access to the private Facebook group. That's brotherhood, uh, that's patreon.com slash without manners. Yeah, without manners. I had to say it in my head there for a second. We also have a Twitter. You have a Twitter. I have a Twitter. I'm on Car- uh, Twitter at carstark92. You're on Twitter at manners without. Yes. That's also the Instagram. I think that's it. Yeah, for the most part, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Give us rate and reviews. Leave us rate and reviews there, please. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And if you like Stitcher, you can get Stitcher Premium, one month free trial. If you use code BROTHERHOOD, you get that whole month. It's all cool stuff. We get a little credit. helps us. So put in code BROTHERHOOD at your Stitcher code. Sick. Yay. Let's go watch Renly die. But da da bitching at me now? Nope. Oh, well, you're fucking it up. Yeah. But Renly's dark green armor that Brienne is so lovingly attaching to his body is a very dark, deep green, so dark it drank the candlelight, inlaid with gold filigree. So it's sick. And uh, Rowan is continuing saying that they should just sound the attack now. They don't need to wait till dawn. <laughs> let's, like, let's just do it. And let's Renly go. says that he will not have it said that he won by treachery. Dawn was the chosen hour. And so <sighs> chivalry, chivalry. I find it magical, just like the castle that they're in, that he says he won't win by treachery. And the moment is dawn just to get stabbed in the freaking chest by a shadow monster. Yeah, I mean, at like the break of dawn. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so uh, Randall points out, Randall Tarley points out that that time was chosen by Stannis and that they'll be half blind when they charge into the sun. But Renly's like, nah, Loras has got this. He'll break through. Don't you worry. Just for a minute, we'll be blind, but then he'll be good to go. And then he says, when Stannis falls, I want no insult done to his corpse. He is still blood after all. And Kat's like, yo, can I have a word, my boy? And he's like, all right, everyone go to your battles, do your thing. If Sir Barristan Selmy rides for Stannis, Bury the bull. make sure he is spared as well. Like, fuck you. Fuck you, Renly. In the <laughs> Lord's Leaf. Hashtag Renly Rage. 
Um, so she lays out Bran catching the Lannisters at their incest and how they tried to have him so killed. Before we get into that, I did want to mention Barry the Bold again real quick. Of course. Because um, they all kind of mentioned that there hasn't been any word of him because Renly was holding a place on his rainbow guard for him. And then he was like, well, if he's not with Renly and I asked Lady Catelyn and he's not with Rob, where else would he be? But with Stannis. Like, yeah, and so it's this, for first-time readers, you don't realize that, you know, Ars Tan, Whitebeard's coming, and so when it pops up, it all the fucking shit's right there. No, he's not here, he's not with Stannis, he's not with Rob. What other fucking king or queen is there? I, well, I mean, like... We say first time read like we didn't catch it. Well, that's I'm what sure I mean. There were that's some what I'm first saying. First time readers we're, who caught it's, it right now. Like I'm catching it, and so as a first time reader, especially, it's gonna be just oh, Barrist in the bold, and then all of a sudden he pops up, and you're like, holy shit, I never expected it. But like, there were little tiny hints all over the place. It's wonderful. Mm. It's wonderful. But yeah, she asks Renly his leave to bring this news to Stannis, this news of the incest and the attempted killing of Bran and Ned's involvement, all of it. And he says, "What? Like, what? why Stannis? Why do you hope to do that? What will that achieve? And she says that Rob will set aside his crown if you and your brother do the same, she hoped, or she would make yeah. it true if it wasn't. Let the three of you call a grand council, as hasn't been done in a hundred year in hundreds of years. We'll send a Winterfell so Bran can tell his tale. Let the lords of the Seven Kingdoms choose who shall rule them. And Renly just laughs. The time for talk is done, my lady. Now we see who is stronger. And she begins to beg. I beg you in the name of the mother. And this is when a sudden gust. Well, she, uh... He asks, he, he tells her, tell me, my lady, do direwolves vote on who should lead the pack? Mm, and I thought... Fucking dumb. It's not a funny line. Fuck you, Renly. Wow. You need to go sit in a fucking corner <laughs> while the adults talk about a character and a funny line right there. Because it is the dumbest shit that you're, that you're talking, that you, not, not the line, you your attitude towards anything that comes out of him is the dumbest shit. That's not a funny line. I'm sorry. It's just it's not funny. Well, I said it. I found humor in it. I'm glad you did. Friendly rage. <laughs> and this is when uh, the a, a sudden gust of wind flung open the door of the tent. She thinks, Cat thinks she glimpses his movement, but on second glance, it was only Renly's shadow shifting on the tent walls. And Renly begins a jest. When his shadow begins moving, Cat notices, lifting its sword. And the candles guttered and sputtered, and something was wrong, she knew. And that's when she notices Renly's sword is still in its scabbard. But the shadow sword... Raised above its head. And Renly says, Cold. In a small, puzzled voice, a heartbeat before his... Gorget? 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 Gorget. Parted beneath the shadow of a blade that was not there. He let out a thick gasp before blood came gushing out of his throat. And Brienne fucking loses it. Just lose it. Get out of your mind. Yeah, Brienne goes fucking ham, sounding as scared as any little girl. Renly collapses in her arms while his knees give out. She catches him. More candles gutted out. 
as Renly choked on his blood. Yeah, he tries to speak, but it's just... And Brienne just throws her head back and howls in anguish. And this is, like, Kat thinks to herself, she knew something dark and evil happened Yeah, this had to do with that shadow. Death came in that door and blew the life out from him as swift as the wind snuffed out his candles. So this is some of the... You know, we've gotten White Walkers, we've gotten... This is our first confirmed, like... We've gotten Miri Mazdor dancing and ovulating in the fire. This is our first death in the War of the Five Kings of one of the Five Kings. From a point of view character that we're pretty confident isn't out of their fucking mind. Yeah. And this is some fucked up shit. Yeah, this is straight up blood magic, dark magic shit. Like, we got a confirmation of magic here. And Martin has this great... Right, obviously, writing way of like, there's some chapters where you feel omnipotent, where you're like, haha, yes, no foolish move. You you're shouldn't have idiot. done that. I can see the map over here as well, and they're doing this against you. But then there's chapters like this where you're fucking in that tent. You're in the you're dark. You're standing there you don't next know. to Cat, yeah. and you're just like, uh. Oh, uh, shit, Renly. Oh, shit, Renly. You're, you're eating one of those peaches. Like, yeah, like, uh, and that, that, like, this one, like, it's just, I could see this fucking image so clearly in my head of the the emerald fucking glowing yeah. pavilion that they enter in, and this is where Renly dies. And But, yeah, only a few moments pass even though it feels like a lifetime, when Robar and Emin Koi finally come walking in and see Brienne holding Renly's... Bursting in. They're not just like, yo, what up? <laughs> hey, we heard some shout and everything okay in here. You know, that's not the worst of it. Ned Stark broke his leg. Leg is it's done. But, uh, yeah, they came bursting in with a crowd of men at arms behind them and seeing Brienne covered in Renly's blood, Renly dead in her arms, he gives a cry of horror uh, wicked woman, away from him, you vile creature. And Sir Cat's Robar. Like, no, yeah. no, don't. And then I they, like Sir they... Robar. Gods be good, Brian. Why? 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 <laughs> and uh, yeah, Sir Emin, you'll die for this. And he snatches up a battle's axe, a battle axe. You'll pay for the king's life with your own. And Cat tries, but it was too late. The blood madness was on them, and, and they then, rush forward. Yeah, Brienne just whips. She doesn't even have time to get Fuck her out sword out. Fuck out! And of so here. she grabs Renly's badass Hell yeah, sword she does. and just catches his axe above her head and goes to town. Yeah. Just starts handling the. Some fuck motherfucker out of some thrusts a torch into her back, but her rainbow cloak is so covered in Renly's blood it can't catch. Fucking awesome. So she spins and cuts, and hand and torch went flying, and of course now the tent's on fire, and Brienne is just fucking holding them off, like no problem. And Robar Royce at this point is preparing to pull his sword out because he hasn't been sure what the fuck to do. Yeah. And Cat looks at him and is like, "Dude, she didn't do it. There was a shadow. It was a ghost monster. It was eating people's souls, it and was it fucking." Sh- it was Stannis. And she, yeah, and for some reason she comes to Stannis. Which she we just, just had it with fucking Sansa, where this, they she, say yeah, it and it's it right. Uh, yeah, and that's what Stannis came to her lips. The name was on her lips before she knew how it got there, but as she said it, she knew it was true. And he, I liked, the, I, I wrote the line specifically. He asked this mad woman, Stannis, how? And she says, I do not know. Sorcery, some dark magic. There was a shadow. A shadow, a shadow with a sword. I swear, I saw. The girl loved him. Help her. And so Brienne drops a gu- uh, one guard at this point outside. There's shouting yeah. happening. 
And she's just he, she's innocent. Yeah. You have my word on my husband's grave in my honor as a stock, and that seemed to. I mean, anybody who knows Catelyn and especially has seen her in the difference between pre-Ned death and post-Ned death knows how she feels about her husband and her Stark honor. And so for her to say something like that, it's like, oh, shit. She believes this to be true. Yeah. There's no doubt. So he gives her a fly, you fools yeah. moment. I'll hold them. Go. Yeah. Dope. Yeah, and fire is creeping. It's getting pretty fucking nasty in here. And so Cat just sneaks up and donks out fucking Emmett Frey, <laughs> yeah. or Emmett Cooley, with the fucking brazier and calls Brienne to her. And Brienne, just quick as spit, slashes the tent and they step out. And Cat immediately is like, don't run. We got to just fucking chill. Like, chill, relax. We're going to walk. And Brienne puts the sword in her belt and follows Cat. And the King's Pavilion at this point is well ablaze, and no one stops him. Yeah. So, so as they're walking, they can kind of see the news spreading. Yeah, a bit. in in weird ways because there's like a little boy crying there, or one somebody's off yeah. crying. Then there's like people running towards the pavilion, shouting, but like not some the are praying. Yeah, just some which is common stuff as well for like battles, right pre-battle. I don't even know that most of them do know that maybe they're just getting ready for the coming battle. Yeah. And uh the uh the east begins to lighten with the first finger rays of dawn and storm's end emerged like a dream of stone while wisps of pale mist fled the sun on wings of wind. Old Nan had called them morning ghosts, spirits returning to their graves, and Renly was one of them now, gone like Robert and her dear Ned. And so that got me going on a whole different interesting line of thought, which is the theory of the gray mists and Bloodraven. How wherever Bloodraven is, there seems to be some gray mists chilling around. So maybe this wasn't any god at all. Yeah, and just Maybe this by, uh... was Brendan Rivers, and if you're of the subscription to the theory that Brendan Rivers might not be the good guy in all this, as he is described as the great other then this could potentially take on a whole darker turn. Do you for... think it was him in the in the the sept? Uh potentially. Because that seems more likely because I'm I feel I mean I suppose if there's magical presence and she thinks it's from the red god but it's not then that would make a lot of sense. Well, I mean she doesn't think it's anything. She no, thinks... I'm thinking Melisandre. So oh, if, yeah, she, if yeah. Melisandre thinks it's from the, the But red god, yeah, but... no, that that the the miss uh, of course it's reaching it's a tinfoil yeah. pot. So Brienne doesn't really understand what the fuck just happened. Yeah, Cat says I saw a shadow. I thought it was Renly's shadow at first, but it was his brother's. And then she says I felt him. Yeah, it's. Just, I feel like that's to tell us how the almost how the magic works. Like that, that is a part of Stannis in a way. Mm. That in order for it to be created, he had to contribute in some way. That was enough for Brienne because she swears that she'll kill him with my lord's own sword. I will kill him. I swear it. I swear it. I swear it. So she swears it three times. Three times. And uh, they arrive at Cat's escort, who await them with horses all saddled and ready to go, and Wendell asks if it's true that Renly is dead, and Cat says, yes, but not by our hands, so hurry up, let's mount, and she's like, yo, Brienne, choose a horse, 
And Brienne's like, well, I have my own horse and my armor. And- no, bitch. Get the fuck on a horse. You can't go back there. We were last seen with the king, who is now dead. Yeah. Not, no. So we- she does. Brienne jumps up and catches commands. Ride. If any man tries to stop us, cut him down. As dawn broke, gray men on gray horses gained color once again in all the power of High Garden and Storm's End which was all Renly's an hour ago, is revealed before them. But now belongs to Stannis, whether they know it or not. Stannis has won all with a single evil stroke. And then she remembers what he told her. I am the rightful king by rights, and your son no less a traitor than my brother here. His day will come as well. A chill went through her. And that's where we end it, with Cat mad dashing away from Renly's camp, where Renly was just murdered by, as we know, Melisandre's blood magic. Monster baby. Monster vagina baby. And that, my friends and family, is Catelyn Four. Renly's dead. Yeah, he's done. He's gonzy. Got an inductee. Uh, yeah, it's the shadow monster. Oh, okay. Yeah, fucking blah! We've been watching a lot of, uh... Well, I guess we'll give him a free plug. The Hogwarts reacts to Lost, and I'm in love with the man in black, the smoke monster, right now. <laughs> and so to see any kind of smoke monster coming in and just fucking what? It's pretty awesome. That and it's kind of again the first confirmation, like hard confirmation of some magic going on oh, in yeah, the world. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm gonna bring in the scary shadow monster. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Uh, my, I'm giving it to Cat, uh, just cause. Fuck, she handles this well. Like, I, I with would, what she yeah. saw, and then having to deal with the fallout, she immediately goes into like political implications of like, we need to bounce now. We cannot stay here anymore because everything here is getting absorbed into Stannis's army. Stannis ain't fucking pleased with Rob and me yeah. right now, so we need to go. And just her time at the Sept, I think, is really significant to her Stoneheart. I actually. When I was reading it, I just couldn't help but feel like we'll hear about this moment again at some point. Yeah. Cat, like with Cat, with through Stoneheart, obviously. But I feel like it will come up where Stoneheart may even tell Arya, like, I saw you, like, as yeah, the yeah, like, yeah. Uh, embodying the warrior. Like, I get it. Or something. But, so, yeah, I also want to give a quick uh, side inductee to Brienne for similar reasons. Can't too. do that. Tough shit. Um, <laughs> Because she, yeah, no, she Brian, fell right in line with Kat. There yeah, was yeah. like, she was very, oh yeah, you're right, we're she, fucked, I mean, you can go. tell she's shell, like PTSD, shell-shocked, yeah, 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 yeah. but she still, yeah, mounts right up, doesn't argue. So yeah, all right, side inductee for Brienne. We, we did get an inductee from our favorite French fry, Julian. He says, oh, I got the hiccups apparently. He says, oh, hi, Zach and Nate. Oh my God. I knew it was about to happen, but still it took me by surprise there. The shadow moving and Cat realizing the sword hasn't moved from Renly's scabbard. Jesus. I feel a bit sad Renly is dead, but hey, moving on. How confusing it must have been for people who read that all without knowing it all. Did they think about Melisandre at all? Did you guys when you first read it, or had you already seen the TV series? Because the TV show was absolutely transparent about the process, so it's completely different here. Are you happy now, Zach? Hashtag Renly Rage. I'm quite happy. Yeah, so did you, had you... Uh... No, this is, I saw this in the show first before reading the books. Okay. And this is where I decided 
I don't want to like I don't want more spoiled for me. This like magic is a thing. Yeah. So fuck yeah, I'm reading these books, and so, then I started reading from there. Yeah, I had finished all the released books before the show aired. And so I had no fucking uh, no Melisandre never crossed my mind at that point because I was a pretty just flying through it, and so it was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Because yeah, this was the closest thing to magic again was the the others up in the at the wall. Yeah. And so for all of a sudden this shadow thing to be fucking spawn, it was like, what? Where is this coming? from? I mean, from? especially What's with the, like the power play that is Renly, where he's just fucking waving his dick around this whole time where you're like yeah. he's a player like and you didn't want to like it, it was you didn't want to be like oh yeah catlin obviously it's stannis because you're like what 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 how would this be stannis yeah. like and so i guess that could push you towards thinking of melisandre from the prologue and stuff but no it was it didn't really i don't believe again it was a long time ago but i don't believe it crossed my mind well he says his inductee is going to be sir robar who came to his senses and believed Catelyn for the, for the truth she said. That gave enough time for our two innocent ladies to flee. So thanks, man. Come have a drink. And I agree with that one. That one, yeah, he, Catelyn's vow of I swear it on Ned and my honor as a Stark kind of was like, oh, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. Lady Catelyn wouldn't be bullshitting about this right now. And so, yeah, Sir Robar, on that note, I wish you two a very nice day. Valor Shadarius. Shadow Darius, Shad- Shadow Arius, Shadow Arius, Valar, Shadow Arius. Damn you! <laughs> Thanks, Julian. Uh, always appreciate your inductees and your emails. Uh, hopefully, everybody's staying safe with this COVID. And so, yeah. uh, fuck the pandemic. Fuck the pandemic. Wash your hands. Isolate don't yourself. Outside. Yeah, just listen dumb. to what they're fucking telling you, and everything's gonna be good. That's why you got podcasts, right? So those were our thoughts, feelings, and inductees on Catelyn Four of A Clash of Kings. Renly is now dead. Praise Rolo. Yeah, so next we are going to be reading John Four. If you can, get your inductees in for that. We're going to do some uh, serious fisting of the first men. <laughs> All right, I'm... I Zach's gonna fist the first men. I've been fucking sitting we're, on that joke. We're gonna week. read about the fist of the first men. After that is brand five, so get us those inductees. But otherwise, we will catch you on the next one. Bella de Harris. Peace. Peace.